1: Welcome to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. If you're a regular follower, hey friend, welcome back. If you're new, thanks so much for tuning in. Consider me like a pretty knowledgeable best friend who you can share all your secrets with because we discussed some pretty personal things on the show. So if you have a question, nothing's embarrassing here, just send it in. Okay, so today I've had several people ask me, if the flu shot isn't required anymore. I guess with all the hype about COVID-19, we forgot to mention the flu. So over the pandemic, the incidence of influenza virus, AKA the flu, drastically decreased. We can thank public service announcements for that. Even before the mask mandates, just hand washing and encouraging people not to touch their faces was enough to drastically decrease flu numbers. Adding the mask as a mandate was a cherry on top. So I honestly have not had an ICU patient with the flu in over a year. Hopefully we can keep that same momentum going because let me tell you something about the flu. Pregnant women get dog sick from the flu and we don't want you to get the flu. We want you to be safe. But this pandemic has highlighted just hygiene in general can help you prevent the flu. So many people ask if the mandates are helping the flu. Why isn't it helping the spread of COVID-19? Well, it is. So if you look at the timing of mask mandates across most states, I guess with the exception of Texas and Florida, because y'all know we don't have any mask mandates here anymore. But a few weeks later, after the mask mandates, we did start to see the COVID-19 numbers drop as well. It was only after people started rebelling and refusing to wear the mask that we started to see the numbers go back up. And then we saw the numbers go back up again when public started opening back up. So when restaurants um, started uh, opening back up and it wasn't just Essential people working, uh, we start to see those numbers open back up, uh, climb back up as well. Compared to the flu, COVID 19 is way more contagious because the droplets for COVID 19 are way smaller, right? Here's the reason for an N95 mask that's needed to protect you against COVID-19. You don't need an N95 mask to protect you against the flu. You just need the little normal surgical mask. Even when we go in a patient's room, we don't necessarily have to have on an N95 to protect us from the flu like we do um, the COVID-19 vaccine, I mean the COVID-19 virus. So flu droplets are heavy. When someone with the flu sneezes, the droplets fall to the ground. Unlike COVID-19, those droplets are, really really small they remain suspended in the air for hours that's why we tell people when you go to the bathroom a public bathroom you should keep your n95 on why because that's the most likely place people are to take their mask off and blow their nose and spread the flu virus and as well as COVID. right you got your guard down in the bathroom keep your mask on in the bathroom because the flu those droplets are to the floor the bathroom COVID. It's in the air for three hours, okay? So you wanna keep your mask on in the bathroom, okay? But let's get back to the flu. The flu worldwide during its pre-COVID heyday was way more deadly than COVID, okay? It doesn't seem like that right now because COVID is all the rage. Everybody's talking about COVID and how to prevent COVID. I think the flu to COVID is like comparing Janet Jackson to Beyonce. We forget, That Janet was the ish back in the day, pre-Beyonce days, okay? But don't sleep on Janet because Janet is still hot, okay? She's still it. It's just that she's now sat down and retired and she's letting the younger Beyonces and now the Chloes of the world go out and do their thing, okay? Flu is doing the same thing. It's like, okay, well... Let me sit back and let this younger COVID generation take over and let it do some work right now. But I might come back with a vengeance later on. So we can't ever sleep on the flu. Symptoms of the flu are similar to any other upper respiratory infection or virus that causes an upper respiratory infection. And that consists of fever and chills, fatigue or feeling like you're super tired, a runny nose, cough, sneezing, shortness of breath or trouble breathing, muscle aches and body aches, a headache, congestion, stomach ache. Some people even have diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting as well with the flu. Those symptoms sound familiar? hmm. Cause those are also symptoms of COVID-19. And so that's why when you come to the doctor's office with those symptoms, we test you for the flu and covet now okay because we cannot tell the difference between one or the other if you're vaccinated against covet and you're not vaccinated against the flu guess what you can still get the flu and if you're vaccinated against covet and vaccinated against the flu guess what you can still get the flu and covet okay vaccines are not a hundred percent they just help prevent the disease. Yes, they help prevent the virus, but they're not 100%. And if you get the virus, you're less likely to have severe disease with both of these, okay? But we cannot forget about the flu, especially during this hype flu season. You don't have to have these symptoms to have the flu. Not all of them. People are like, oh, I didn't have a headache, so I must not have the flu. No. Any combination of these symptoms can signify that you have a systemic viral infection, okay? You need to Make sure you're wearing a mask and get checked out as soon as possible if you have those symptoms. Let's talk about ways to prevent the flu, okay? We've seen this and we know it works. Don't dig in your nose, don't touch your face. We've been doing that during the pandemic, right? Because people are nastier than we think. They dig in your nose, they touch stuff, right? You touch what they touch, you wipe your eyes, you wipe your own nose before you sanitize. That gives you the flu, okay? It also gives you COVID, but that gives you the flu. Cover your mouth when you sneeze, okay? Sneeze into your arm if you don't have sanitizer immediately around, okay? Because you don't wanna recontaminate a whole bunch of stuff that you touch. Avoid uh, public places and gatherings. This is still the time to avoid those things. A flu is no exception. If you're not around people with the flu, you won't catch the flu. Some people say, "Oh, I got the flu because of the change of weather." That's a myth, y'all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Flu season happens be, uh, with different during different seasons. But if you're not around somebody with the flu, you can't just get flu out the air. Okay, you got to be around somebody infected. Same thing as COVID. You can't just people say, "I don't know how I got COVID." Well, you got it from somebody. You got it from somebody. You're around somebody that had COVID, whether you know it or not. Same thing with the flu. You're around somebody with the flu. That's how you get it. So you avoid public places or big gatherings of people that might be infected with the flu. And then of course, get a flu shot. Y'all, this is not the time to get the flu and COVID at the same time. For some reason, people think if you have COVID, you can't get the flu. If you had a flu, you can't get COVID. That is not true. You can get both. You can get both. And now that we're easing up on these mask mandates and outside is starting to open up more and more and more, I don't predict that this year will be like last year. Probably going to see more cases of the flu this year than we did last year. And that's just because people are out and about a lot more this year than they were last year. So we have to take steps and be smart about this thing and protect ourselves and the smartest way to protect yourself against the flu is to get vaccinated. I don't want to hear none of that. We don't have enough data uh, to get vaccinated. That is a lie. We have plenty of data about the flu vaccine. Okay. You can argue that about COVID because COVID's only been around since 2019. You can say we don't have enough data on the vaccine, but the flu has been around since your grandma's time. It's been here. Okay. So you have no reason not to get the flu shot. Okay. And then, Can you get it when you're pregnant? Of course you can. Yes, it is safe. It is a killed virus. It is safe in pregnancy and it's actually recommended in pregnancy. Okay, so if you're pregnant during flu season, we recommend that you get a flu shot. Why? Because like I said, the flu can take a pregnant woman out because your body is immunosuppressed. And I've said this on numerous shows before, it has to be suppressed. Why? Because you're growing a creature inside of you that you don't want your body to attack out. That creature doesn't have the same exact DNA that you have. That creature doesn't have the same cells that you have. So your body has to suppress its own immune system so that you're not fighting off this foreign objects that's growing inside of you. This foreign object is a baby. Okay. And so if the flu sees you you as a pregnant immunocompromised woman, it's like, yes, I have a target to go after because she's immunocompromised and I can take over her body. The flu is waiting on you. And so you have to get vaccinated to boost your immune system so that you won't get dog sick with the flu. That was a long winded way to say, yes, the flu shot is still being offered. And it's exactly the right time to get vaccinated. Pregnant women and those who are immunocompromised can get extremely sick from the flu if you get it. So please take some steps to prevent it now. If you happen to get the flu, the good news is we do have known and proven medications that can decrease the severity and duration of the flu, okay? Tamiflu, also known as oseltamivir, is used to decrease the severity of the flu but it is kinda of, sorta of pricey, okay? It's a lot cheaper to get the flu shot than get yourself treated with Tamiflu. And you will feel a lot better with the flu shot than you will just decreasing the number of days of your symptoms with Tamiflu. Tamiflu runs you about 95 bucks. That's with insurance. It's pricey y'all, it's pricey. But if you have to do it, if you get pregnant, uh, you should do it because you don't wanna be someone that's in the ICU pregnant with the flu. The other thing about Tamiflu is that it should be started within 48 hours from the onset of symptoms. So if you start getting symptoms, if you start having a headache and fatigue, a fever, don't ignore your symptoms, okay? Start the Tamiflu right away. Otherwise, it's not really going to work, okay? There's no point in actually starting it. And then steroids have also been shown to help with the symptoms of the flu. So sometimes we give people steroids uh, if you have severe symptoms. Now that we know a little more about influenza and in pregnancy, aka the flu, let's go to some cases.
0: Our first case is a 26-year-old who is 21 weeks pregnant. She has a history of lupus but has not had symptoms this pregnancy. She had the flu diagnosed in the first trimester. She presents for an ultrasound to evaluate her baby's anatomy and to discuss the risks to the baby with the flu
1: the risk to the baby with the flu is just the risk to you. The flu is not going to be something that's going to cross the placenta and attack the baby. All right. But the reason that it's dangerous to a baby is because it's dangerous to you. So if you're not getting good oxygen and you have a a severe respiratory infection, or oftentimes people get a superimposed pneumonia on top of their flu virus, that can cause you not to oxygenate well. If you're not oxygenating well, then the baby isn't getting good oxygen, okay? And if the baby's not getting good oxygen, then that puts you at risk for a miscarriage, okay? If you're far enough along, at least in the first trimester, okay, put you at risk for a miscarriage. If you're further along in the pregnancy, you get the flu and you're not oxygenating well, that puts you at risk for contracting. Why? Because the uterus is just a big muscle. And it's almost like if you are not hydrated enough and you're not getting enough oxygen when you work out, you can start cramping. It's because the muscle doesn't have enough oxygen. It's a buildup of lactic acid in the muscle. Same thing with the uterus. So if you don't have enough oxygen, let's say your oxygen saturation is like 89, 90%. Well, that's enough to make your uterus say, ah, I'm dying over here. I need to evacuate whatever this is because I don't have enough oxygen. And so you will start to have preterm contractions and you can go into preterm labor. And that preterm labor is the thing we worry about, okay? Delivering a child prematurely, that's the risk to your baby with the flu. But once you've overcome the flu, then it's not a big risk. So if you had the flu in the first trimester, you overcame it and the baby is completely normal now then no issue. If you're in the second or third trimester and you don't go into preterm labor, that's your biggest risk of preterm contractions and preterm labor, then you can breathe a a little easier. The only other thing we look for is infarcts, right? If you don't have enough oxygen, the placenta can get infarcted, right? Because it's starving itself of oxygen. It's almost like When you have an ischemic stroke in the brain, when your brain doesn't get any oxygen, you can have an infarct in the brain. When the lung doesn't get oxygen to certain areas, you can get an infarct in the lung. It's just an area of dead tissue, okay? So the placenta can be infarcted, okay? And if the placenta is not working well, then we know that the baby is at risk for being growth restricted or being smaller, And that is also a risk factor for stillbirths, okay? If you have a small baby, that increases your risk of stillbirth. So we want to make sure that we look for infarcts in the placenta. The other thing we want to look for infarcts, if you had this later in the pregnancy, the flu, and you weren't getting oxygen, babies can get infarcts in their brains as well, okay? If the baby is not severely anemic and the baby's not getting good oxygen, baby can get infarcts. So we worry about babies getting good oxygen delivery, But if you made it through that, you have a normal 21-week pregnancy, then that risk is extremely low. Anybody that has a history of a viral illness at the beginning of the pregnancy, like the flu, they should be followed in the second and third trimester to make sure the size of the baby is normal. When we know the size of the baby is normal, the placenta is working well. Um, we wanna make sure we you have a really good anatomy scan at some point, which is like now, 20 to 22 weeks, that's a good time period to get your anatomy scan. And as long as that's normal and the growth is normal, then no issues. You can, you can breathe a little bit lighter. Most people that get the flu in pregnancy do well. Nothing happens to the baby because most people that get the flu in pregnancy aren't in the ICU because they're deprived of oxygen, okay? But those that are in the ICU that get really, really sick, that's when we run these risks that we, um, we just talked about. The case pearl for this case is the flu doesn't cause birth defects, but it can make you really sick, which can have some impacts on the baby uh, going through the pregnancy. All right, medical intern, what's our second case?
0: Our second case is a 37-year-old who is 25 weeks pregnant with her third child. She has issues with body aches, chills, sore throat, and shortness of breath. She was admitted to the ICU because she now has weakness of both legs and has difficulty walking. She was checked for strep, the flu, and COVID-19. Her COVID-19 and strep tests both returned negative. However, her flu tests returned positive. Steroids were recommended for treatment, but the patient refused, stating that steroids could harm her baby. You were consulted to discuss the risks of this treatment and the risk to her baby.
1: We have so many people during pregnancies that say, I don't want this or I don't want that when they're in the ICU setting. Now, I'm gonna say this as nicely as I know how. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice in this matter, okay? You chose not to get vaccinated and therefore ended up with the flu, all right? People try not to get vaccinated in pregnancy because they say, I don't don't know what, this vaccine will do to my baby, but they don't think about what the actual virus will do to their baby. Okay, and the flu, the flu vaccine we know does not cross the placenta, okay? But in this situation, now we have the flu. So you're in the ICU, you have symptoms. And so we need to do what we need to do to get you out of the ICU as fast as possible. And with somebody that is in the ICU and short of breath, with weakness of both legs and difficulty walking, you likely have Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a complication of the flu. It's super rare to get Guillain-Barre syndrome from a vaccine, but it can because it's your body mounting immune response. But it's very common, honestly. We see this, I've seen this quite quite a few times with people that get the flu and then end up getting Guillain-Barre, which is ascending paralysis. So if you don't get treated supportively Quickly, this can ace in and cause you to have some issues breathing it can even cause you to ha- be need to be intubated and on a ventilator Okay, because that's what Guillain-Barre syndrome is it attacks Skeletal muscles, okay, Well, demyelination of skeletal uh, of nerves that supply skeletal muscles and that's why you can't walk Eventually, you won't be able to breathe if you don't get treated And the way we treat Guillain-Barre is, you know, we give you a combination of of antibodies as well as steroids to try to lessen the blow or lessen the severity of this ascending paralysis. Okay. But refusing the only treatments we know is not going to be good for you. Okay. It may put you on the vent. And there are people that can die from Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is curable. It is just an, an autoimmune, not an autoimmune, but a response, basically. It's a response of your body's immune system to this virus because your body is like trying to attack everything. And as a result, it's attacked nerves that supply your skeletal muscles. And the diaphragm is a skeletal muscle that helps your lungs inhale and exhale. So we don't want that to be affected. We don't want you to ate that that this Paralysis to ascend to the level of your diaphragm. So we try to stunt that with steroids. Unfortunately, you don't have much of a choice. We 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 may not have a choice to prevent issues with breathing that require intubation with gabapent. It's something that's supportively treated. Okay, so we might have to intubate you. We might have to ventilate you. We do have to give you steroids. We need to treat you promptly to make sure that you remain alive and you can stay pregnant through all that there wouldn't be a reason that we would necessarily need to be delivered with Guillain-Barre syndrome unless we start to see evidence of fetal distress or your baby's heart rate starting to drop your baby's showing signs of distress that would make us have to deliver you but the patients that I've treated with Guillain-Barre syndrome that are pregnant we keep them pregnant we keep them pregnant they go home pregnant okay if they get treated promptly and we can control their breathing. Because like I said before, not controlling your breathing means that your baby's not getting good oxygen. If your baby's not getting good oxygen, you will start contracting. And then you're going to preterm labor and there's very little we can do once you start to dilate. I would be aggressive here and throw in the kitchen sink at you. And I beg you to get treated. The case pearl for this case is Guillain-Barre syndrome is a serious complication of the flu and should be treated promptly. Please do not refuse your treatment because it can cause severe respiratory compromise and even death. All right, medical intern, do we have any emo cases today?
0: Yes. This one says, Dr. Plenty, I received the COVID-19 booster last week. How long should I wait to get the flu vaccine?
1: That is a great question. I want to commend you for getting your booster last week. I'm so proud, which means you've been listening to me and you know that it is safe in pregnancy to get your booster. That's assuming you're pregnant. If you're not pregnant, I'm glad you're listening anyway. But uh, the answer is you don't have to wait. So before we used to say, you know, if you get the flu shot, you need to wait two weeks to get the COVID-19 vaccine started, right? Oh, you want to wait two weeks after you do your last COVID-19 shot to get your flu shot. That is no longer true. You can honestly get the COVID-19 shot and the flu shot on the same day, okay? You could. Now, I didn't do that. I personally waited a week between when I had my flu shot, I waited a week and got my COVID-19 booster because I did not want to be, I didn't want my immune system, I knew how I reacted to the COVID-19 shot, the second one, I was very tired and I had a fever, and so for me, I was like, "Oh my God, that's just gonna really complicate my immune system, and it's gonna really put me out." So for me, I waited a week between each one of those. But according to the CDC guidelines now, you do not have to wait at all. And honestly, thinking about it now, I didn't have any symptoms after the flu uh, flu shot, but a lot of people do. But why not just have all the symptoms at the same time and just get it over with? I mean, I can't even imagine if I would have had symptoms after the flu shot and then a week later had symptoms after the booster. That wasn't smart of me. I should have gotten them all at the same time. So the answer is you can go ahead and get your flu shot now if you want to get your flu shot now. Um, or whenever you go to your next appointment, you can get it. You do not have to wait between the COVID booster or even the, any, of the, any of the three shots in the series and the flu shot. You can get them at the same time. All right, I think that's all the cases we have for today. My medical intern is giving me the thumbs up. So thank you so much, medical intern, for all your help today. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you've learned a little bit more about the flu shot and the flu in pregnancy during this episode. If you like the show, go ahead and rate the episode and drop a comment. If you didn't like the show, I don't need to hear from you. Okay, just saying that. Also, I have a new and improved website. So make sure you guys check it out. It's just pregnancypros.com like it's always been, but it's just a little bit new and improved. You can find all the podcast platforms there. You can purchase the book, Chronicles of Women in White Coast 3. You can even book your free consultation with me if you so choose. So I hope to hear from you soon. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancypearls. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com. Forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Pliny for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate, and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening.
2: questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a Mean Old Lion Media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.